Welcome to What's On Your Mind with Digby Scott and Alicia Mackay. In this episode, we're talking about mindset and when we face the tough, tough stuff, how we respond. Digby Scott. Hi. What's on your mind? Unhooking from the future. Unhooking from the future? Yeah. So, so you're just floating adrift? A little bit. Oh. In a good way. No. That sounds exhausting. No, it's awesome. Okay, tell it's me, tell me about it. It's anti-exhausting. Anti-exhausting? Yeah, we just made that up. Yeah, tell me about <laughs> it. Well, I think lots of our episodes when I've been going blah, 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 I've been going, I'm really tired, I'm, you know, I'm, oh, I'm angsting on all this stuff, right? Yeah. And someone asked me the other day, how are you going? It was about a week or so ago. And I went, you know what? I reckon I'm unhooking from the future and it's bloody good. So what that means is I'm experimenting with not having stuff ha- have to happen, right? So it does, stuff doesn't have to happen. I yes, don't it does. have to have a goals. Yes, you do. Yeah, look at you go. This is ridiculous. I know. You need, you need an intervention. No, I don't. Okay, what are you going to do then? Hmm? Nothing. Oh. No, that's a bit extreme, right? Yeah. That's no, no, no. Good. So can you, t- I'll, I'll explain a bit more. So... I reckon when I've got really, really driven, right, I've got outcomes, but that doesn't mean that they're the right outcomes or they're the best outcomes because there's also been a tax, there's been a cost to that and exhaustion or angst or whatever it might be by being really driven. So I'm going, I'm going to experiment with not being driven. So what do I mean, by the way, by not being driven and unhooking from the future is like, I haven't set any goals to go, I need to earn this much money or work with this many clients or do this much stuff or whatever. I've just gone, no, nah. I'm just going to not just drift, but follow more where is the energy going. And this is the woke bit, right? So what do you do instead? I'm genuinely fascinated I know by you this. Are. This is completely foreign to me. Yeah. What do you do instead? Okay. So I'm still working. Yeah. I'm still getting business. I'm still... Um, delivering work, I'm still running workshops, I'm still doing mentoring, all that sort of stuff. But mentally, I'm unhooked from it having to be a certain way or be right or be perfect or get more work out of it or this. I I had a mentor years ago and she gave me this lovely saying, high intention, low attachment. Mm. Mm -hmm. Might have been talked about before. High intention, low attachment. Yeah. And it's this idea, it's like, okay, show up, do your best work. And if you show up fully present and do your best work and not have to get a certain outcome or the next piece of work or everyone give you applause or whatever and being attached to that, then you can just be present and light and wait and enjoy it way more, I reckon. So I, my, my wife said to me, you're a lot more present at home those last few weeks. You seem to be happier. You seem to be really productive, but not, and you're sleeping really well and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. That's an interesting correlation, isn't it? Good intermediate benefits. I wrote a paragraph. What does that mean? Well, it's like there's end benefits, which are big picture goals, and there's intermediate ones where you have to measure what happens in the middle to know if the good stuff you're doing is worth continuing to do. Yeah. And those are really good intermediate benefits. Yeah. It's interesting because I think of the cyclical bit going on, right? So I'm talking to, I don't know if you know Michelle Locke. She's yeah. been, yeah. So Michelle and I were talking this morning, and she she's in a different stage where she's kind of been in that space of letting go mm. 
And now she's in this massively piercing focus space of, I know what my next 10 years is about, and I've got absolute clarity, and it's all just about execution now. I'm glad you brought that up, because the one thing I was thinking about when you were explaining it, well, I had my first reaction, which I often have, which is like, oh, good for you. Um, But then I was thinking, what's really difficult about listening to people um, like you and me, or like anybody who talks about, hey, you should live your life, or whatever, is you're like, oh, is that the answer? Is that yeah. what I'm supposed to do? Yeah. And it just doesn't, is it? So no. you have the luxury and the privilege of being able to um, to unhook a bit because you have done the work and established the relationships and the reputation and the you've set the wheels in motion and created a foundation that make it possible for you to go, oh, God, do you know what, for the next three months, that. I just want to be cool. I challenge that. Give me a minute. And I think... Okay, challenge me now. Okay, good. (laughs) So, yes, I agree, right, that I've done a lot of work to get to a position where I can go, breathe out, financially, perhaps, reputationally, whatever. And if I look at some of the happiest, most satisfied people on the planet, they're not all, you know, in our sort of position where, you know, high-flying and doing lots of consulting work. Or like They're just yeah. kind of like living life in the present, right? So I don't think that's a condition of it. I think a story we tell is that it could be a condition for uh, it. No, I call bullshit. So I've just this had this good. horrendous week, right? I've been like, Bleh. I've just had the worst week. It's been awful. And I don't use Facebook very much anymore, but do you know how it's got that feature where it reminds you of things that happened on that day years ago? So my reminders for the last week have been from 10 years ago. 10 years ago was the actual worst week of my life. So I was single mum, Bailey was four, Charlotte was a few months old, and I was finishing my postgraduate study from home. And I got this abscess in my tooth, and I couldn't afford to do anything about it, so I just like dosed it up and moved on, and it got really bad. Like my whole face swelled up, my necks got swollen, I ended up in hospital because the infection entered my blood, I nearly went septic, right? And then after I'd been in hospital for a couple of days and they'd like cut me open and tried to physically remove the infection, I know this is terrible for what's only once a bit graphic, you might have to cut this out. Um, I then had to go into study link with my baby and cry with my swollen face and ask them to lend me $700 on my student loan so I could go to the dentist. And it was awful. I had no family, I had no one to help me, I had these two kids. And that was the week that, so initially after that year I was going to move to Auckland and do my master's in international policy. And that week I was like, right, I have to go and get a job because I'm never going to be poor again. Mm -hmm. You can be anything in the world and it can be okay, but you can't be poor. So there's a Kanye West line that says um, having money isn't everything, but not having it is. And I reckon it's easy to romanticise the idea of life where we're not entangled materially. But actually, if you don't have any choices... And poverty gives you no choices totally. and no hope. And you know that personally, right? Yeah. So Absolutely. I'm like, oh, cool, I've had a shit week, but do you know what? My rent's paid, my kids are fed, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. my life's ticking over. And as soon as you remove those basic foundations in your life, you're like, no, I take it back. I don't care about being woke. I'm not up the top of the pyramid anymore. No. I'm right down at the bottom. I need to pay my rent. You know what? I reckon like a lot of these conversations, we're coming at it the same idea yeah. with two different lenses, right? Yeah. Because I think... My point is that it's so much about your mindset Mm -hmm. around your situation. It's not your situation shit or it's not. It's more, so how am I going to deal with this? What's my approach to this? And so your resourceful approach is like, fuck, I have to get a job. It's like, 
of course, right? Because this helps me get out of this space. And for me, I'm like, well, actually, I just need to get over the bloody stories I've been telling myself about what's wrong in the world. And the way that's helped me do that is to unhook and go, it doesn't have to be, I don't have to have anything. Right. I yeah. don't have to make anything happen. Well, because if I was arguing with myself, like I often use that line about how um, if you can't save when you're poor, you can never save. Mm. And I, th- I think that's true. I think our, um, our attitudes and our stories and our mindset develop. And when we get bigger or better or richer or older, those things amplify yeah. rather than change. That's right. And so if we can't build the things at our core, we don't have them. And so I've been doing the same. The thing is, I'm arguing with you for no reason just because I feel like an <laughs> argument. Because I agree with you and I've been doing the same thing. Like, I've been like, can I have a shower this week? Yes. Yeah. Can I make one meeting a day? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's so unhealthy to stay on that just treadmill of like, next, 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 more, more, yeah, more. Yeah, because yeah, where, yeah, did, yeah. where do you go in the end? You just get yeah. tired. Yeah, yeah. So when you're facing a crappy time, uh, or even not such a crappy time, but just like a time where it's like, what do I do next? Do you drive and push through and just stay on autopilot? Or do you stand back and go, huh, what are my choices here? Do I need to unhook a little bit more? Do I need to be grateful for what I have? How do you respond to the tough, tough, the, the tough stuff? The tough, tough stuff. <laughs> the tough, tough stuff. <laughs>